0: Welcome to episode 68 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. The term go-getter might be an understatement when describing our guest this week as we talk with former Eastern Illinois football player Keithan Hedrick. Hedrick earned his degree from EIU in three years while being a full-time student athlete and a guardian to two younger siblings. He has since gone on to earn his law degree Start both a family and a company, and this week, he and his wife appear on an episode of Shark Tank to promote their new online product, Candy. Hedrick catches us up on several things, including what it was like to be a contestant on that show, Shark Tank, which premieres Friday, January 7th on ABC. We are in Season 2 of EIU Panthers Podcast, and you can listen to any of our previous episodes by searching EIU Panthers Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We're available on apple podcast spotify soundcloud stitcher and iHeartRadio podcasts consolidated communications is a proud sponsor of eastern illinois athletics want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business then visit consolidated.com today the spring semester of eiu athletics is gearing up and already several dates have been altered due to covid health and safety protocols be sure to stay up to date with the latest information schedules and more information at Eastern Illinois Athletics online website eiupanthers.com or you can follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with former EIU football player Keithan Hedrick. Be sure to watch his episode of Shark Tank this Friday January 7th on ABC and you can learn more about his product candy. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We've got a special guest with us today, Keith Hedrick. Keithan was a former football player here today, but his celebrity from an EIU standpoint is going to explode. And we're gonna part of the reason we have him on the podcast this week is to talk a little bit about that. But first of all, welcome aboard, Keithan. Happy to have you as a guest.
1: Thanks, Rich. It's always a pleasure when I can uh, talk EIU and Panther Pride and everything about uh my time in Charleston.
0: Now, we we, we mentioned, and we'll t- we're going to talk about your, your time in Charleston, that story. That's a, that's a great story for those that remember you, The when, when we go through that, some of those memories will, will come back, and they, they may not know the name at first, but I guarantee you, when we talk about the story, they'll be like, okay, I remember who that, 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 that young man was and his story there. But one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today is you and your wife, Keontae, have developed, and this is not your first, if I look this up correctly, a new house. No, And your app is getting a little bit of publicity. You guys will be guests on the TV show Shark Tank this Friday. Our episode, of course, will air before that. So we can't divulge any of the the, (laughs) the special things that happen on Friday night other than to tell people to tune in. But I guess talk a little bit about how that experience happens. How do you I've watched the show. I'm sure other people have. How do you even get to the stage where you get to be one of those people that gets onto the program?
1: Absolutely. So most people uh, get on Shark Tank one of two ways. Either you audition when they have auditions, uh, you know, different places or you get a producer reaches out to you. So we were fortunate enough that we didn't have to audition producers reached out to us. Um, and so that was, that was pretty cool. That saved a lot of, you know, uh, having to go through that process. And so it was, it, it was exciting. And we're fans of Shark Tank. We've always watched the show, always have been fans of the show. And so to go from sitting on your couch, watching other, you know, uh, entrepreneurs step into the tank to being in front of being actually in front of the sharks and, stepping in the tank yourself was a super cool experience
0: now for those that may not be familiar with it it, it's it's called shark tank for a reason you mentioned that there are sharks when you mentioned sharks not sharks they're swimming in the water these are business sharks for people that, that have not seen the show and by by tank young entrepreneurs such as yourself and your wife you guys go to pitch business ideas to have these these people either give you advice or even i guess sometimes they come on as investors in your company
1: absolutely yeah so the idea is to be able to pitch the sharks to invest in your company obviously it's heavyweight sharks right you got like people like mark cuban who's obviously the billionaire who owns the dallas maverick on our episode we were fortunate to have the a-lister and comedian kevin hart um you know you have you know Lori grenier who's a qvc all-star barbara corcoran who's huge in real estate and then obviously kevin o'leary mr wonderful and so you have a huge you know you have some of the most accomplished investors and business people in the world who are all you know uh you know potentially you you're pitching to them to invest in your business and to see if, you know, if nothing else you can get them to invest, but if nothing else, you get their advice on on how you can move forward and better your company.
0: Now, how how aware or in tune were you with that program as, a, as you and your wife are young entrepreneurs? I'm assuming these this is a show and these are people you're kind of in already in tune with what they're doing, or was this kind of an out of the blue thing for you?
1: No, absolutely. No, you you, you for sure. Like I said, mean, we're fans of the show. So we've all followed the, the entrepreneurs and what they do. And again, like you talk about people like, you know, Mark Cuban or Kevin Hart, like you can't miss these people, right? Like if you're if you're anywhere in tune to, you know, pop culture, you know who they are, you know what they do, right? You see their movies. again, Mark Cuban is, you know, probably one of the most visible NBA owners there is, probably one of the most visible owners in all of sports, right? And so you, know, you certainly know who they are. And again, as fans of the show, you always, you know, sort of dream about if you ever get a a chance to you know stand in front of these people, get their advice about your company, right? Potentially have them on your cap table. Um, you know that just that's a win.
0: Now the the product you were there pitching, we'll talk a little bit about your company, but you were pitching a, one of your particular products, and it's called Candy. And maybe explain a little bit to people what Candy is. This will give you, in addition to your Shark Take experience, an extra uh, couple <laughs> seconds to. to so I guess uh pop your problem. I'm always ready to fix
1: my business, of course. So uh yeah, CANDY is an acronym. It stands for celebrities and influencers. So CANDY is a platform that allows fans to video chat with their favorite celebrities and influencers. And so, you know, it, it, it's really that simple. You can come on our platform, you can see the list of celebrities that we have, and you can pay to have a five minute video chat with them. Now you can purchase more than five minutes if you want, you purchase in five minute increments. So five, 10, 15, even up to an hour. We have some celebrities that do hourly bookings. And so, uh, you know, it's pretty cool right? Somebody that you always idolize, maybe you love their music, maybe you love the movie that they created, or you watch their show, right? Or whatever that may be, you get a chance to actually interact with them. Um, And the idea, uh, which I think is probably what what you're going to get to next, you know, there's a a competing company called Cameo, who really created the space, right? They, they allow people, fans to get pre-recorded videos from celebrities. So you can have a celebrity, you know, say your name, say happy birthday or something like that. And the idea for Candy really came from we were watching, me and my wife, Keontae, were watching uh, on YouTube reaction videos of fans getting their cameo videos, near right were okay crying. They were laughing. They were happy. They were excited. And we said, well, you know, this is awesome. But the natural next iteration to that product felt like, well, instead, of, imagine if you could give someone the phone and instead of telling them to press play and they're crying because celebrities record a message, imagine if the celebrity is actually on the phone and they can actually talk with them and interact with them and get to know them. And so that's really where the idea from Candy was born.
0: Well, there you go. So you already knew where we were going. You and I had talked about that before we started the podcast, but I, cause I wanted to make sure that I looked up your your product a little bit, and and I wanted to have you give the opportunity to to talk about what the differences are. And I and I'm sure when people see the Shark Tank op episode, the sharks, as you mentioned, are much smarter than I am. I'm sure that that was probably maybe a question that they grilled you with. Now I know you can't divulge any of the things that happened. Yeah, but that. it's a common
1: question that we hear for so, sure. So people
0: will have to tune in and do that. Now you mentioned you and your wife were were looking at at that space. This isn't the first time you guys have moved into the space. I, I looked. A little bit before we talked about, you have a company. You guys launched another app, and I want to. I'm gonna. I don't even have the. I know what it does. Uh, I'm please, gonna give you the wrong name. It does. It, it does a language type thing for you. I'll let you explain that one a little bit.
1: Yeah, so our first uh, foray in entrepreneurship was we created a company called InstaSpeakers, which is a platform that allowed you to get a video chat from a translator on demand. So let's say if you were in China and you didn't speak Chinese and you encountered someone who spoke Chinese, you could in 10 seconds get a call from an English to Chinese certified translator who could translate for you, help help you have a conversation with that person, help you navigate the country or anything like that. We launched that in the end of 2019, sort of in the off season uh, of travel season for that year gearing up for the travel the spring and summer of 2020 that travel season our key customer demographic for instance speakers was US travelers traveling to non-English speaking countries. So as you can imagine uh going into 2020 our business you know our customer demographic was eviscerated overnight right with the pandemic and the global shutdowns right like no US travelers were really traveling to non English speaking countries and so that business model sort of you know literally tanked overnight. We were just gearing up for our first travel season and but because we had already sort of had to of candy in our minds, we quickly pivoted over to candy and said, you know what, let's do this one now.
0: Now, is that something now uh, you talked about that app? I'm assuming the way apps work is you own the rights for that travel is going to come back. Is that something you and your wife have talked about that? Hey, we've, we've already got this. Let's at least have it to when, when it when people can go around and, and travel again, that yeah, we'll place where we can roll that back out.
1: It's our baby, and so it'll always be in our hearts. Right now we're full-fledged focused on candy, and so, you know, we'll we'll ride this and make sure we get this, you know, keep our energy and attention focused on candy, but it's definitely our baby, and it'll never go anywhere. And I think once we get, you know, let's say we exit candy or, or we go public or something like that, and we have a little bit more resources and time, we certainly will we'll try to revive Mr. Speakers as well.
0: Now, on the, from the candy thing you talked about, celebrities and influencers, those are, are two big things, especially in this social medium where people live nowadays, and your Twitter, Facebooks, all those types of things, Instagram, Snapchats, you name them, there's probably a thousand other ones out there that, that I'm that I <laughs> not even aware of, and that's probably okay with me at, at my age that I, I just know the, the big boys. How do you guys <laughs> go about pitching to celebrities and influencers do you guys pitch to them? Is it a, do they come to you? Is it a, maybe a mixture of both?
1: Yeah, so primarily we do have celebrities, some celebrities that come to us, but primarily, you know, it's, it's it's us hustling and grinding, right? We you know we started this business. It went from everything to calling people's aunts and cousins if you could find a number, you know, uh, emailing them, reaching out to managers, agents, creating relationships, you know, DMing them on Instagram or Facebook. Like it was just it's a combination of everything, right? We just really hustled to to try to work to get in contact with people. Now we've done it a little bit. We have relationships that we can tap into with agents and managers, but it's still a little bit at the core. It's still the same thing is, hustling it's reaching out it's finding different ways to get in right like you got to think of all business models Hollywood has the biggest barrier of entry between, you know, the average Joe sitting on their couch and, and, you know, your Hollywood star. There's the most barriers of entry between that and any other industries. And so it is the hardest, you know, uh, arena to crack into. And me and Keontae don't, don't have and haven't had any prior connections to Hollywood. We don't have any, you know, celebrity, you know, friends or we, we I don't work in entertainment. None of my legal clients are, you know, particularly, you know celebrities, I represent multinational corporations. And so, you know, for us, you know, it really was about just having that vision and really just attacking it and finding the different ways, researching, right? Seeing ways that other, our competitors have been able to do so and, uh, and and using that knowledge and putting it to work.
0: Now, the my next question is kind of going to be a little bit, you're a former student athlete. This has moved and you probably are, are a little bit aware of this, but the needle has moved so far from when you were an athlete to to where it is now, in particular with the name image and likeness. I, I know that there are student athletes that are on the cameo platform. Is that an avenue down the road that that you guys think you know celebrity star student athletes, they may be people that could be potential clients for you guys that
1: yeah absolutely. You know, we currently have some some college athletes. We have a handful, but that's definitely an area we want to continue to expound and expand for sure. You know, we're super excited. Obviously, me personally, you know, me playing, you know, you know at Eastern and my younger brother playing at Illinois, right? Like, you know, NIL stuff has just always been something that's been keen and been top of my mind, right? Even when I was at Eastern as a student athlete, right? Like, you know, raising two younger brothers, like, you know, financially, you know, things were tight. And so, you know, we but we did have a platform that I knew that, you know, we could monetize it. So I would just wish that. You know, when I was a student athlete that I had that opportunity to be able to, you know, I don't know, do a Pilsen commercial or something like that. Right. Like, uh, you know, there, there, there have been, you know, we could have certainly used the extra income.
0: Now, you, you kind of really transitioned. You've done this for a while. You can tell Keith is, is a pro. He's a, he's a lawyer by trade in case you <laughs> aren't aren't picking up on that as well. But, but Keith talked a little bit about and led into some of the other things that people are going to automatically remember for one of his his great stories is Keith was the guardian of his two younger brothers. They moved here. And while he was a full-time college student was also yep. raising two younger brothers that at the time were playing football here at, at Charleston. So people in the, in the Charleston area are going to remember who his brothers were from a, from a high school standpoint, take us back to that time a little bit. What was that like for you having, I guess, I don't want to say burden, but probably more of an opportunity to be able to kind of, Be that father figure for your brothers.
1: Absolutely. You know, I tell people I operate in chaos, right? Like, if you got to think about, Rich, I go back to those days, it's still hard for me to realize how to, 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 you know, to realize that I really made it through that, right? Like, you know, I was like, I was, a you know, I graduated in three years from Eastern with my bachelor's in applied engineering, right? And I did that, you know, and then I was, you know, full-time Division One college student athlete, right? And then I'm raising two teenage boys. And so, um, you know, that was a grind, but I, I will say that's why, you know, my heart and, and my family were always having an affinity with Charleston because the community really did galvan around us and support us in ways that we couldn't uh, couldn't imagine, right? Whether that was people, you know, chipping in, trying to help with a meal or babysitting or, you know, whatever they could do, um, you know, the community really did galvanize around us and made that process so much easier for me. Because when I took, when I adopted my brothers, you know, so I, I always tell people legally I'm their father, which is, which is, which is crazy to say, but, you know, um, you know, when I adopted them, right, like I didn't have any answers figured out and I, and, and I didn't want I to, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't focused on that. My primary focus was putting my brothers in a better situation than what they were in and I, I knew that hey I was going to figure out the rest of the stuff as I went and you know whatever you know whatever we as long as we had each other we would make it through whatever the burdens were and like I said the, the Charleston family the EIU and the Panther family like really just helped us and supported us in ways that that we just couldn't expect and literally took you know made me look a lot smarter than I actually was because like I said I came to this thing with with no answers to any of the questions of where we we're going to live or how we were going to get by I was just going taking things day by day and the Charleston family and the Eastern family really took us over the top.
0: Now for you, you were defensive back, also saw some time on special teams, maybe not get to play a, a, as much as maybe you wanted to, but I, I know you had your hands full. So sometimes maybe that <laughs> that, that, that might have been a blessing a little bit for you too. What do you remember yeah. about those times in terms of, of, of being a player? You talked about the the brother, the father aspect, but in terms yes. of you and, and remembering and encompassing that experience as a student athlete on your own.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I loved it, right? Like, I mean, you know, some some of my best friends t- to this day are, you know, people that I played with, my teammates at Eastern, right? Like, you know, coming out of that locker room, being able to, you know, experience that, being able to, you know, obviously travel the country, play in some of the bigger stadiums when you, you know, you play those, when you play the big 10 teams or, you know, things like that. Like, it was an experience that's second to none. And then also the cool part, right? Just the experiences of the alumni. We have a strong alum, like being able to meet Tony Romo, being able to meet Sean Payton, right? Like, being able to play with Jimmy at this point, right? Like, you know, it was just a cool experience And and as a father, right, in that time, the the thing I'll tell you that I was most proud about is that my brothers aspired to that they, they aspire to be in that position, and they got to get the firsthand, right, experience. They got to be on the field. They got to come to the game. They got to meet Sean Payton. They got to, right, like they got to be around that in a way and get exposure that, you know, most kids don't get that aspire to play the game at the next level. And I, de- I definitely think that that played a huge part into why, you know, Dylan was able to play at Illinois, right, because he just was pre exposed to it. And, you know, and I would, you know, he, he would see the drills that I would do, and we would do the same drills with them, you know, with them and, him and Josh. You know, that's, their off-season program was my off-season program. I would take, you know, literally the, the, the workout program that Coach Cash created, who was our strength and conditioning coach at the time. I would take that, and I would implement the same thing for them. Literally, I would, you know, recreate on Excel. We used to have a card that he made, and I recreate on Excel, and I, you know, told my brother, what school you want to go to? And I made that the colors for their chart. And I literally everything we did, they did. And so, you know, just being able to, as a father, right, like, you know, as a student athlete, I enjoyed it. But then also it was like being able to see my brothers live that experience with me and that's something that they always wanted is that that probably was the coolest part
0: now do you have a a favorite maybe memory favorite game from from those times i know everybody and i put you on the spot here so but yeah, no, you know I, there's, I, I, there's, I, I, there's yeah, got no. to be one that, that you kind of if somebody says hey you know you played at eastern what was your favorite memory i'm sure there's yeah, one or two i got a couple. Memory. okay you no know,
1: I, I say probably three top three memories probably one was uh i think it was either my freshman or sophomore year sophomore you would play eku at home i think it was home probably at the time i'm sure before i left when jimmy guys had those two years i'm sure it attended but at the time i think it was the most attended game in eastern history at home game uh, and i think that was either my i think it might have been my my freshman year or sophomore year. we play eku at home and uh, and i was i just remember being and i was like wow this is amazing right like we had to bring in extra bleachers behind the goalpost like it was an amazing experience i would say the second uh memory would probably be um, the 100th anniversary you know of the rivalry game with uh, illinois state right um, you know uh, uh, and i think that was i'm almost certain it was coach fooz last year coaching um, or, or second before, last, I think it was his last year, I think the next year it was uh, Coach Babers and so that was a special moment being a part of that, you know, uh, you know that story rivalry and being able to play in the 100th game um, I thought that was pretty cool and then I would say the third is probably playing at Iowa in my sophomore year um, and just getting that experience, right, playing in front of 70,000 fans and the way Iowa Stadium is set up right, like, you know, the fans are like two feet behind you, they can almost touch you if they wanted to, it's loud, it's, it's cool and it's like, you're on the road but you know, as, as a student who plays, if you play one double A ball, right? Like the, the, the reality of it is you relish to play in those moments, right? Every kid that plays at a one double A team, you know, dreamt of playing in front of a hundred thousand fans at a Big Ten or SEC school. And so you always do get excited every year. Like you that's one of the things that you always do. You circle that game on your calendar. Every year the season, their schedule comes out, you circle the big game where you get to go and experience that, you know, that that moment. Play in front of you know tens of thousands of fans, be in that big time locker room, go through that big time experience and play on national TV. And so I would say that. It's probably the third memory for me.
0: Now, one of the other things that that I kind of remember, and I'll I'll may not remember this a hundred percent the right way, so you'll you'll kind of help me here as we go through it. But I know that part of your story, you also enabled you and endeared you to some other people, not only around the Charleston community, but up in the Chicago area where you originally from. I know that you had a somewhat, and I don't know exactly how the relationship developed, but a relationship with Walter Payton's um, former yeah. wife, and I know you you, and I don't know if that how that came about, but tell a little people about that, how you got involved with the Payton family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Connie Payton, uh, we have a great relationship. And so basically what happened was, uh, you know, I uh, got some academic scholarships from the Department of Children and Family Services coming into college. And, uh, you know, she's a huge supporter of uh, of VCFS and, and their programs and things like that. And so I first uh, got introduced to her at one of those events, at one of those scholarship receptions. And then from there, we just, you know, always had, you know, a great relationship, right? She's always been a close friend of our family. Again, she's come, she's, she's came to, come to our games at, at Eastern, you know, before and. You know, just really became a close friend of our family. He supported us in ways that we, we couldn't imagine. Her and her business uh, manager, Kelly Woods, were, were just great, great, me- you know, mentors to us and guided me and my family and helped us in ways that we couldn't imagine.
0: All right. So your time wraps up at Eastern. You always, I think, knew in your mind that you wanted to be a lawyer, but also that was going to give you the opportunity to get into the entrepreneur type things that you're doing right now. Went to law school at Illinois, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: absolutely. What
0: was, what was that experience like? not only I guess from the law school part that you got to check that box off on what you want to do, but as you mentioned, one of your younger brothers, he followed there along with you and was able to play football at Illinois while you were doing law school.
1: So so I'll tell you, it's the coolest part about the Illinois experience, right? Like, so yeah, I'm in law school. My wife is in undergrad, my wife for two years apart. So she's in, and I graduated Eastern a year early. So my wife is in undergrad at Illinois. I'm in law school. Dylan graduated East uh, Charleston early. So he's, he enrolled at at, uh, at Illinois in January of 13, I believe. And so he we're all on campus. And then my younger brother, Jonathan, um, who was well, not young, he's right underneath me. He's older than Dylan. Um, and I didn't adopt him, but he came and lived to live with us in Charleston probably a year after Dylan and Josh. So, and he was uh, also, Undergrad at Illinois. So you got me, my wife, and two of my younger brothers all on campus at the same time. It was, it was, it was, I mean, it was a dream, right? And then also while I was in law school, I was a graduate manager for the men's basketball team. Um, so I, so I worked with the basketball team there. My coach Gross, who was the head coach at the time, uh, my best friend um, was the point guard for them at Ohio. when He was at Ohio and they had made it to the tournament a couple of times. So I had known Gross for a couple of years prior to that. So when he got to Illinois, you know, a lot of people had given me advice about law school. Like make sure you keep, you know, something outside of the outside of school to keep you sane. Right. And so that was my way. I reached out to him, said, Hey, I want to you know help out with the team, just something to keep me, you know, tied to sports. So it was like, it was a a full, uh, you know, experience. Like I got the, football experience I got the behind the scenes and got experience that with my brother and then also you know on the basketball side you know being a part of the team and the organization got to get that experience and then secondarily it was cool like people most people don't know this like you know it's like I actually was going to play football at Illinois and so you know um me and coach Beckman who was uh you know uh, the head coach at the time had a close relationship and uh we had we were going through the process but you know the five-year clock clock at the time I'm not sure if it's still a rule but before you have to once you once you first you know started playing like your five Year clock start for your clock started for eligibility, and my clock would have ran out before I would have been able to play. But I was set. He wanted me to be on the team. I wanted to be on the team. He thought that I could bring some great leadership to the locker room and things like that. And so I was super excited because me and Dylan were going to be able to play, you know, together, and I was going to be able to do that. But again, once we look at the eligibility, my my, my clock would have ran before I would have been able to play. Um, so that that kind of sucked. But it was a uh, like I said, Illinois just for our family um, and being down the street it just was was a, was a great connection. And for us, and 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 part of the reason why Dylan chose. Illinois as well is because we want to stay connected to the Charleston community right and like you know like I guess I won't under underscore how much um you know Eastern and Charleston means to us right like literally one of the primary reasons we chose Illinois was like staying close to you know staying grounded staying close to our people staying close to our support system whether that was you know we were right in the middle we were you know two hours from Chicago we were two hours you know 45 minutes excuse me from Charleston so we were right where we needed to be in terms of our support and our resources
0: now for you you finished with the law degree you're now in the entrepreneur business you and your wife but i until you kind of strike it rich and i'm not saying that you guys haven't had this yet (laughs) you have probably a day job i know your wife has a day job in fact we we record the the podcast here but i was told keith that we would get a plug in for his wife she does podcasts he's actually doing his version from her podcast studio right now got (laughs) got the neon lights behind him and the 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 flowers and the other decor that that set up her her thing but kind of take people that you finish with law school kind of what have you been up to in addition to, to getting the, the Candy app and the other app that you and your wife have put together going?
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, I uh, graduated from uh, Illinois with honors law school and have been practicing at some of the biggest, largest law firms in the country. You know, again, represent some of the biggest brands in, 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 in all the major tech companies you know, the, the, all of the biggest e-commerce companies where we represent them all. I do mergers and acquisitions. So, you know, for people that don't know, I, I help buy and sell businesses, right? My clients are either acquiring a business or selling the business off and I'm structuring the deal, negotiating the terms, things like that. So that's what I've been doing for the past six years. Uh, and then my wife, uh, again, you know, in, in, in addition to being the uh, CEO of our household and running the household, she uh, and she's also the CEO of Candy. Um, she also has a podcast called Go Best Friend Podcast with her best friend that she does talking all things, uh, women empowerment, women, relationships, marriage, knucklehead husbands and, 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 the, and the like. <laughs> well,
0: that's good. Well, I appreciate you jumping on here with us, Keith, and it was good catching up with you. For people that, once again, and we're going to plug this a few other ways as well, but our yeah. podcast airs usually on Thursday. We'll plug it some other ways. His episode of Shark Tank, the the live, I guess, as as live as TV is from this standpoint nowadays. Exactly. It's not sports. <laughs> His live episode of Shark Tank will be on on Friday night. Of course, those things are shown for eternity and and reruns and available on on social media. So hopefully, people will will log on and tune in and, and watch you on that. Good luck on that. And then we may follow up with you afterwards if that, since we're not allowed, you're not allowed to divulge whether you. Yeah, let's talk about the
1: outcome um, for sure. Let's do a follow up piece. And for those out there, you know, our website is www.meet, M E E T, Candy, uh, I encourage you to go check out some some of our talent, see if somebody, you know, uh, if somebody you always idolize or wanted to meet. Um, and then as well, uh, www.keithandhedger.com is a platform that I've launched with resources helping uh, entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, with uh, things that they want to work. I'm teaching people how to work, how to get celebrities to endorse your products or your business, teaching you how to take an idea or uh, and launch it into a successful business. So I'm teaching all these different things that I've learned over the past few years, building out my different companies. And so want to be able to share that with uh, entrepreneurs as well.
0: Perfect. That's all great stuff, Keith, and great catching up with you. Best of luck on that. And we will try to do some sort of follow-up deal with you after your episode on Shark Tank.
1: Always a pleasure. Thanks, Rich. Shhh, shh,